0: Hello and welcome to Reading the Bible Cover-to-Cover in 365 Days. My name is Andrea Lendy, author of the book and Bible reader and studier for over a decade. And I'm excited to share some thoughts with you about today's reading. Welcome to day 41 of Reading the Bible Cover-to-Cover in 365 Days. Let us pray. Oh Lord, thank you for continuing to teach us about you and your love for us. May we open our hearts to learn from your word today. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, in Mark 13, Jesus talks about the end time. In Mark 13, verse 33, he says, Be on your guard, constantly alert, and watch and pray, for you do not know when this time will come. He was talking to just four of his disciples in this passage, Peter, James, John, and Andrew. He told them to remain watchful four times in the last five verses. He told them to be constantly on their guard and he told them to stay spiritually alert and spiritually cautious. Admittedly, there are days when I don't want to be on my guard, days I don't want to be vigilant in prayer or in thought. I just want some mental downtime. And while we do need to take time to recharge and refresh our bodies, Jesus didn't allow for spiritual downtime, He didn't allow for a slowdown of spiritual readiness. When we let our spiritual guard down, we open up ourselves to failure when the enemy attacks. And the attacks will never stop. If we let our spiritual guard down, his attacks have the possibility of being successful. So let us stay on guard spiritually, be prepared, and be watchful. Let's see what's happening in Romans chapter 13. Paul writes a lot of advice in this chapter, which is so relevant to us today. And then he tells us how to be successful in our endeavor. To comply with his advice. Following is a list of some of the things Paul writes about. Respect the authorities in office. Stay out of debt. Love one another. Be obedient to the commandments. And live an honorable life. The how is in the final verse. Verse 14. Clothe yourself with the Lord Jesus Christ. When we lean into Jesus and ask him to fill us with the power of the Holy Spirit, we are able. Dare I say we can do anything when Jesus infiltrates our soul. Paul also warns us not to indulge our flesh. The Amplified Bible interprets this to mean we need to stop thinking about the things we crave because thoughts lead to actions. We need to be careful what we think about. We can stop gratifying our flesh when we set our minds on other things, heavenly things, and clothe ourselves with Christ, as Paul advises. Let's see what's happening in Exodus chapter 31. In our last number of chapters, God gave Moses instructions about how to build the tent of meeting so he could dwell among his people. In chapter 31, he gives Moses the who, who will build all these things. I love that God makes a way to carry out his will. In verse three, he says, and I have filled him with the spirit of God in wisdom and ability in understanding and intelligence and in knowledge and in all kinds of craftsmanship. God gave this man in the tribe of Judah the ability and his spirit to carry out the instructions he gave Moses. And I love that God shows us we need his spirit to do what he asks us to do. We need his spirit to do everything he calls us to do, including taking care of our families. God also gave others in the tribe of Dan help with this mission. Note that God didn't give the instructions and ability to carry out everything to just one person. He included multiple people in his plan to carry out his plan. In the same way, God sends us to help to carry out his plans. The rest of the chapter, God is advising Moses about the Sabbath. In verse 13, he told Moses to keep the Sabbath for, it is a sign between me and you and throughout your generations that you may know that I, the Lord, sanctify you, set you apart for myself. And he told Moses, the Sabbath is holy. Again, the Lord is holy. Verse 18, I find very beautiful. And he gave to Moses when he had ceased communing with him on Mount Sinai, the two tables of the testimony, tables of stone, written with the finger of God. Imagine that, written with the finger of God. How perfectly holy and magnificent. Meanwhile, in chapter 32, the Israelites were tired of waiting for Moses. He'd been gone a long time, and they wanted a leader and a God to sacrifice to. So they asked Aaron to make a God for them. Aaron instructed them to give them the gold they had, and he melted it down and shaped a golden calf from it, all to which they sacrificed burnt offerings. Of course, the all-seeing and all-knowing God saw their behavior and instructed Moses to leave him so that he could inflict his wrath upon them. Moses pleaded with God for their lives. He told them he swore to that Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, that they were his people. God turned away, and Moses went down the mountain. However, when Moses saw their disobedience, he broke the tablets, which were the work of God. He burned the golden calf, ground it to pot- powder, scattered it in the water, and made them drink the water. He literally made them drink their sin. Moses asked Aaron what he had done to bring such sin upon the people. And it reminded me of God asking Adam and Eve, what they had done. And just as Adam blamed Eve and Eve blamed the snake, Aaron blamed the people. Moses commanded the Levites, the ones who were to minister to the people of God, to take their swords and kill. They were to kill their brothers, companions, and neighbors. 3,000 men were killed that day. Their obedience consecrated them as priests that day. Then Moses went back up to the mountain to try and atone for their sins. He asked God to forgive their sins, and if he chose not, not to, that he would be taken out of the, his book of life. Moses was willing to give his eternity for these people's sins. In God's mercy, he didn't require that. He told Moses he would hold everyone responsible for their own sins, and in his mercy, he still sent his angel to go ahead of the people and lead them on. However, before that, the Lord sent a plague to the people. There are consequences for sin, and we can see that as we read about the Israelites and their disobedience. Let's pray for God to help us be obedient to him. And let's see what's happening with David as he is writing the 41st Psalm. The 41st Psalm was written when Absalom tried to overthrow King David. We see David's heart is heavy because of this betrayal, the betrayal of his son and a betrayal of a trusted advisor and friend. This friend was Bathsheba's grandfather. He had sided with Absalom in the attempt to overthrow King David's throne. And this hurt David terribly. Just imagine how David must have felt. Interestingly, he starts out the psalm reminding the people that those who help the poor are highly esteemed by God. Then he writes about his enemies. He ends the psalm with writing about God's mercy and grace. He writes about God's favor and delight in him. In verse 12, he wrote, And as for me, you have upheld me in my integrity and set me in your presence forever. Well, there can be no better place than in God's presence. Even as David's heart was hurting, he desires God's presence. And he ends the psalm with, Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel, from everlasting to everlasting. From this age to the next and for forever, amen and amen, so be it. David's heart, though breaking, gave the Lord praise and honor. This is where he shows that he is, in fact, a man after God's own heart. His writings are truly those of a great king. Let us look at how we value God's presence in his life and set the intention to require more of God's presence in our own lives. Let us pray. Oh, Lord, thank you for your word that transforms our heart. Help us require your presence as King David did and never stop seeking you. Show us more of you and more of your love, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for walking this journey with me and being a faithful reader of God's word. I pray that he shows himself as the God who loves you deeply and cares about every detail in your life. Come back tomorrow for some more thoughts and insights as you read God's Word.